where she witnessed a woman being sewn into a dead horse and buried alive for a petty theft. That sucks to see. Um, hate to see it. Anyway. Okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Do you know what was stolen? Or just thought it was petty? Um, it was petty for sure, but it was also, it was something stupid like bread. You know how they used to like <laughs> yeah. cut people's hands off for stealing bread back then. Yeah, they're obsessed with bread. I know. <laughs> they're just trying to feed their family. I guess. Um, lame is. Anyway, <laughs> so she married another Hungarian wealthy landowner who is a war hero and much like her family before her, he had a long history of treating his servants very brutally. This included just beating the crap out of them and etc etc so legend has it that a servant girl who was working for elizabeth at the time was brushing her hair when a piece of hair snagged and jerked her head back elizabeth allegedly smacked her so hard she drew blood from the young girl and she she like fell back and hit her head died Anyway, um, when the blood landed on her hand, she noticed that the skin underneath became noticeably smoother and younger. (laughs) What? (laughs) And so these are the same people that used, what is it, lead to whiten their faces and leeches to get rid of evil spirits or something. So... Yeah, that checks out. Again, we the, yeah, logic, exactly. the logic makes sense. And so we take everything with a grain of salt here. Anyway, then comes the legend of bloody Elizabeth who bathed in virgin's blood hmm. to appear young forever. Um, so she became quickly addicted to bathing in blood and so she got her blood from young servant women who were unhappy, often like peasants from the local village. She would lure them into her castle with promises of work. Um, and there she would torture them. Um, there's really gross, really gross accounts. I'll, I'll say some of them, but they're pretty nasty. She'd like mutilate their bodies by taking bites from their flesh. Ew. I know. Wait, so she was also like a sort of cannibal? Yeah, she was a low-key cannibal. She would bite their, like, boobs and their faces. And <laughs> their boobs. <laughs> Ew. So That's so nasty. She, like, bathing in their blood wasn't enough for her that she had to bite their boobs. Yeah. She, she <laughs> or if that was enough for her, she would take, like, kitchen shears and just cut them up. With, like their whole bodies. Yeah, and she and she had help from her other servants who would also be tortured. Oh, so it's actually like sicker than you could imagine that she would make the future victims like do her dirty work and yeah, exactly see what was going to happen to them in a couple weeks. Yeah, and she would sew their mouths shut so that they couldn't say anything. Well, then, oh, the servants. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She's she's a sick lady. Yeah. Um anyway. Uh after the peasant population dwindled in the <laughs> in the village, um, she turned to noble girls um to bathe in their blood, obviously. Um obviously this became important because no one really cared about peasants back then, but when it came to noble girls, they got a little upset. Yeah, people started noticing. Yeah, people started noticing that she would 
they would go to her, her castle for education and then they would never come back. And yeah. apparently there were like four or five accounts of suicide by these noble people whose children went missing and they were like, mm, something's not adding up here. Yeah. Anyway, um, she was convicted of 80 murders, but she, she was suspected of having committed over 650. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. And was it was it all from these peasant girls and then noble girls? Or, yeah. And was it only women? Yeah, because she believed that only the virgin girl's blood oh, could make her... That they're the purest. Yeah, that they're the purest. Got the best blood. Exactly. They'll make her beautiful by giving them her youth. Yeah, I bet she was ugly. Then she was what? I bet she was ugly. She has to be ugly if she's going through if all this. Like, <laughs> to, to not be ugly anymore. Well, she's at in the very. She's least, got an ugly soul. She's got an ugly soul, but <laughs> she's she's a very insecure woman. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, sucks to suck. Yeah, sucks to be a woman in the 1600s. Sucks to be a peasant woman in the 1600s um, in her household. <laughs> yeah, I think it sucks to be a woman. Well, yeah. Period. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Period. Um, there are definitely varying degrees as to how much how how serious the suck was yeah <laughs> um anyway <laughs> she was um sentenced to life confined in her room they say that they blocked off her room with bricks and they only <laughs> left a slot open for like food and water and she only survived like three years until she dropped dead suddenly good anyway that's really her- intense house arrest I know. It's like brick, putting bricks on her. Yeah, but, you door. know, it's like... I mean, she murdered like, yeah, she, more, more than 80 people, so... Well, I was going to say, her servants were all sentenced to death. Well, <laughs> like the surviving ones? The that surviving were servants her? were all sentenced to death. Are you I think serious? it was like five or six. The ones that were up next for slaughter. Yep. And then her... Her wet nurse was actually convicted of witchcraft for her involvement in this and was burned at the stake. That's just wrong. Isn't that messed up? That's just wrong. Can I tell you? I would be so pissed off. Yeah. Because I I don't understand. How does that make any sense to them at all? I don't know. They can't catch a break. Do they? Did they not see that their mouths were sewn shut? <laughs> like, is that not enough of a signifier that something was amiss? And then we're back to the peasant women. Sucks to be. Yeah. That. Yeah. So yeah, um, bloody Elizabeth is considered to be the inspiration for Bram Stokes' Dracula. That's just an account, though. There's uh-huh. no actual record of that being true but she's known as the vampire princess and all that I mean it makes sense like Bram Stoker the Dracula was I mean a lot of gothic literature at that time was like related to each other right and there was I mean the first vampire story was a woman Camilla Carmilla depending on like what language it's in but um What's, where's that story from? That's from... I don't remember. I Let me look it up. I took okay. a gothic literature class last semester, so that's why I know. But Excellent. Well, I'll talk about um, Elizabeth's 
conspiracy theories. Um, a lot of people have theorized that Elizabeth was wrongfully accused of all these deaths, actually, and that it was just a king who wanted her land because she was a very wealthy woman after her husband died and she owned a lot of land. And some theorized that other noble people had her set up so that they could have her executed because if you are executed in that time, the king took your land. Oh. And so a lot of people have theorized that. Regardless, it is known that she treated her servants like poo. Like she, Before she started murdering them? Right. Okay, yeah. So, Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine it just started out of the blue that she was a horrible person. Right. But. So either way, she was a horrible person and she did mistreat her servants. Um, but I think that theory is really interesting because, again... It sucks to be a woman in that time. And how are you going to stick up for yourself against a king and other noble men when you're just a woman who owns all this land? So that's bloody Elizabeth. Wow. Wait, so what? I missed this at the beginning, but what year was this? This was late 1600s. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would only happen in that era, wouldn't it? Exactly. It's a uh, hundred years later. The Salem witch trials would occur. Yeah. So. Wow, that's so cool. It's very interesting. So uh, we have Jordan here with us Hi. now. So I'll catch you up to speed. Um, Caroline just told us her little story about bloody Elizabeth. Very creepy very gross very nasty very mean of her to do that have you ever heard of bloody elizabeth the woman who bathed in virgin's blood i don't think i have doesn't ring a bell oh unfortunate well we're not going to say it again so <laughs> you I don't can think listen. i can do it again i'm very tired you can listen to the recording <laughs> with the rest of our fans period okay um but yeah uh Shall we... Hold on. I just have to plug my computer in before I start. Unless, Jordan, you want to start with yours, but... I can I can go ahead and start. Um, I have two. It's not picking up at all. Can you hear me now? I mean, my uh, headphones broke, but yeah. Oh, yeah. If you can hear it, then yeah. I have two people. How many did you guys bring? Uh, One each. Well, I'm not... Saying I'm better than you, but I kind of Okay, well, we agreed on one, so maybe you just don't know how to follow directions. <laughs> but, no, but, uh, I mean, you can start with one, and then okay. we can come back to it. If so, you, uh, up to you. Yeah, I'll just start with one. I did Eileen Warnos, who is credited with being the first ever female serial killer, which is definitely a lie, because this was in, like, 1992. Right. Don't think that was just the first time this happened. Well, it was a famous movie, um, Monster. Monster. Yeah, my mom loves that movie. Yeah, <laughs> was it Charlize Theron got like an Oscar for it? Yeah, she was wicked good. Yeah, you good know, her. she looks um, scary as hell in that movie. I tell you what, she's a very beautiful woman. Scary as hell. All right, go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so she was nicknamed the Damsel of Death and the Hooker from Hell. Whoa, that's kind of rude. <laughs> I um, like that. Yeah, so she had like a really, really rough upbringing. Like 
Her mother abandoned her and her sister when she was six months old to her parents. Her dad was a convicted pedophile who killed himself in prison. Her uh, There's also a lot of talk sexual assault in this story, so if anyone's listening who's uncomfortable with that, just turn it off for a little bit. Um, so, not the point. Uh, what she did is she lived in Florida. She moved there when she was 14 because uh, she was raped and had her first child at 13. Um, yeah. Poor girl. And then the child went up for adoption. She got kicked out of the house. Her brother died of cancer, the one that she grew up with. She didn't really have anything. So she moved to Florida when she was 14 and got into sex work. Um, she started sex work when she was 11. Oh, my God. Yeah. She had a very tough time. And so she did that for a while and she met someone named uh, Taria Moore and who ended up being her girlfriend they started dating like right before she started killing people. I'm sorry, my headphones are messed up. I'm taking this off. Are they not working? No, they're not working, but what's up with that? I don't know. Not the point. Mine so, are. Yeah, keep going. Well, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, it is. I can hear everything so good. <laughs> so, um, she started dating Terry Moore. Um, they, what they did was they would steal from people and then sell all their items that they stole in pawn shops to make money. Um, Tria Moore found out that she was doing sex work and tried to get her out of it, but she couldn't because that's like a hard thing to escape and whatever. Um, but then Tria started noticing some things. Um, the first thing she noticed was, uh, what's her name, Warnos, telling her that she killed someone. So that was the first mm. red flag. Yeah, I'd say so. So what happened was she got home from work that night and said that the man that she met up with um, had raped and beat her. And so she uh, pulled out a gun and shot him twice in the chest and killed him and stole and pawned off all his belongings. That's what she told her. And it's very believable because the, the first kill was a convicted rapist. Mm. So it makes sense um but after that more noticed that there were she was coming home with a lot more items people that they didn't know um also had new cars suddenly because Werno's whole thing was that she would pick up men by like hitchhiking on the side of the highway they'd pick her up take them to like a school place shoot and kill them steal their car steal their things all that stuff um so Start to notice this. I feel like Taria Moore definitely noticed all the new cars and definitely was more um, involved in this than she says. Oh, yeah. She's faking it. You don't, if you don't know that your significant other is murdering someone, you got to check yourself because I think if I lived with like my significant other and they started killing people, I'd know. Or at least have some inkling that something's wrong because, yeah. like with Ted Bundy's girlfriend. Oh, she, that's she was so the true. one who like turned him in at the end because she there were too many things that went unexplained that were too close. Yeah, yeah. you don't just not put it together. Yeah. Um, but that's what Tria Moore said happened. Um, and so they dated for a while and then the I think it was like the fourth victim's car, Peter something, uh all his belongings were found in a pawn shop um, and they found his car crashed off the side of the road. People who saw the car crash claimed they saw two women get out of it. Those two women being described as Taria Moore and Eileen Warnos. 
Um, and they got out covered in blood and they just left the car there. And so they found their fingerprints in the car and they traced those fingerprints back to the stuff at the pawn shop from Peter. Mm. So both their names were like uh, up for arrest. They were like all over the news and stuff. Like people wanted to arrest both of them. They thought they were both killing people, which could have been the case, honestly. Um, and so at that point, Tria Moore moved to Pennsylvania for a little bit to be with her family to escape it all. And Eileen went on to kill four more people. Ooh. So at one point they got, I think they arrested, like they caught Eileen, but they asked for Moore's help with the confession from what I understand. So mm. they said that they would grant her immunity if she oh, could okay. get a confession because mm-hmm. Moore claims to not know, not have anything to do with this, you know? She's sure. an accessory. For sure. For sure she was. But what she did was she called um, Warnos and was crying and was like, I'm scared they're going to arrest me too. Like, what if they think I did this? I think they're going to say that I did this. And, like, Warnos, as messed up as she was, really did love her. So she's like, I'm not letting that happen. I'm going to confess to all the murders right now. Um, so she confessed she but the weird thing was that her defense was a little off so she claimed to be like uh, like killing in defense because she said all seven men raped her and so right. she killed all seven of them um, but she was she had her lawyer requesting that she gets the death sentence like she wanted the electric chair even though she was saying she didn't kill these people on purpose she still was demanding the electric chair so a lot of people like kind of thought the lawyer was messed up for taking on that case and arguing that she should get the electric chair her reasoning for that was that everyone she loved had betrayed her um i think specifically uh more more's betrayal hit her hard then uh she also was upset because before the case was even done, people were already trying to get the rights to her name so that they can make movies off of it. Oh. Like Monster. Um, another one came out last year, I think. Uh, the name was like The Boogie Woman or something stupid like that. <laughs> so Boogie dumb. Woman. Yeah, so she requested to be killed. Um, she did an interview with 60 Minutes where she talked about it. Um, some of the things she said were just plain creepy. She compared herself to OJ and was like, I I wasn't that bad. Like, I didn't do anything like that. And then she started listing off the things she could have done to make it worse. She's like, I could have cut their penises off and fed it to them. I didn't do that, though, did I? I just killed them. I just killed them. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Digging that hole. Yeah, girl, no one asked. <laughs> yeah, she kept asking the reporter, like... Because the reporter kept being like, you killed seven men. And she kept being like, why are you looking at the number? It's just a number. <laughs> it's just a number. <laughs> um, And then... She, uh, let me see the. Did yeah. she seem like remorseful at all? No, she kept saying that she like hates men and that they were all rapists and that um, she continues to hate men. She said she didn't particularly hate men until the trial when she saw that all her jurors and judge were men and all that stuff. Don't know how true that is, but that's what she claimed. Yeah. Um. Maybe a majority or something. Yeah. When she was sentenced to the electric chair, when she got up, she said. Thank you. I'll be up in heaven while y'all are rotting in hell. Ooh. And then, uh, those her, are some messed up last words. Well, those weren't her last words. Her mm. last words officially, she didn't die till 10 years after. She was on death row for 10 years. So yeah. She was still in jail. Um, she died in 2002, right before the movie came out. Um, 
I'd just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th, like the movie, Big Mothership and all. I'll be back. Um, so, yeah, she was quite interesting. Yeah, she seems to have some mental issues. Um, You're not wrong. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> some other weird facts. Um, her lawyer was also interviewed. And for some reason, throughout the whole interview, he kept just breaking out a banjo and singing. Oh, like this man was just during the off. during the interview with sixty minutes. Yeah, and oh. he was he was talking about how like this kind of messed up his career, but he's like, whatever, you live and you learn. And then he'd pull out his little banjo and he'd sing, and it was like that trial broke him. Yeah, that trial broke him. That sounds like a midlife crisis. He was going through that trial a and banjo? midlife crisis, and he had to reevaluate. I think I would too. You never recover from banjo. Like that's, once, and that's what they say. Once you go down the road of banjo, like there's no <laughs> definitely had nothing that. to do with Eileen Warnos. No, <laughs> it was just the banjo. Yeah, no, I'm saying once you pick up the banjo, there's no going back. I rest my case. Wow. Um, I guess she just had that effect on people that drove them up the wall. Maybe. Yeah. Another thing that I thought was interesting about the case was like Florida the state of Florida and like the defense and stuff or whatever everyone just kept saying that the men were all just trying to save a hitchhiker you know she was like very much a sex worker who picked up men off side of the street you know yeah like but the ones who she killed they were attempting to save her like I find it so weird that they need to yeah like, that's gross no killing is justified but there's no reason to paint the men who were like that rapist and like the guys who are picking up hookers like exactly there's no justifying who these people are they don't deserve to die but there's no well, glossing it's not over in her it hand, like she's not the one who has the power to serve right. it was all a media thing for the yeah they definitely like not that I thought they deserve to die definitely how I'm coming off right now but like they weren't the best people you know and I find yeah. it interesting that whenever someone like dies or c- gets killed they try people try to like paint them in the best light possible right yeah yeah she lit up a room <laughs> <laughs> you know she- yeah my dad watches all of like wh- what is it the the really famous Dateline. Oh yeah, he, everyone. She lit up a room. Yeah, like mm, yeah, they all do. I think we should like bring back just absolutely. I'm trying to think of how to not curse while saying this. Keep thinking. Get back to me. Okay, <laughs> bring it back to me later. No, she probably she probably thought she was like a Batman sort of. Figure. Yeah, had this weird Vigilante. savior complex. Vigilante yeah. justice, taking it into her own hands. We need to like normalize, just like shitting on people after they die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pooping all over them. Yeah, I didn't think of a better way to word it, so I gave up. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I. So, she end up, she did end up getting. Yeah, she died in 2002. How did they... Oh, was it electric chair? Um, I'm pretty sure it was electric chair. Isn't that what she asked She requested the Do you get to request? You do. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a federal law you can put in. Because there was one person who was trying to go out through nitrous oxide poisoning recently. And, like, that's... They have, like, a constitutional right to choose how they're executed. Wow. It, it just has to, like, be approved by the courts. 
You see, I think it's weird that like death is like a punishment. Not that like I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the death penalty and all that stuff. But like specifically like with this serial killer, she wanted to die. She also killed seven people. Like why would you give right. her what she wanted? You know, in a sense, like she didn't want to live and like deal with the consequences of her own actions. She basically said that, you know, yeah. like I think that's part of what makes the whole um, death sentence conversation so difficult. And yeah, like, there's factors like that, and there's factors of you know what would serve the most justice in that situation. But mm-hmm. we should definitely not get into it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I wasn't looking to get into it. No, it's just, I don't. It's just complicated. I don't know, guys. I think we can solve this whole political issue right here on the graveyard shift. Wow! I was like, "Oh, we're going. We're, ta- we're taking route. a pivot. This is now a political podcast." And like, cool. Let's do it. Okay. We're the most qualified to do it anyway. I agree. Mm-hmm. Say a uh, couple of couple of smart cookies in this room. Okay. Well, before we get too political, Talia, uh, would you like to present your next killer? If you insist. Okay. So. My killer is sort of in between on, you know, when we look at history. Um, She goes by the name Amy Archer Gilligan. Um, So some of her background, she was born in 1873 um, in October, and it's presumed that she was actually born on Halloween. There's no specific um, record of it that we know of, but... Um, is it just to make it more scary? Than no, no, no. I, on Halloween? No, it's like, it's what it, what's assumed. I don't think it's re- related to the spookiness, but um, I'm not sure where it came from, but maybe it was some document that someone found, but it was unclear. Or, I don't know, but that's, that's what the paper said. Um, but um, her childhood was sort of uneventful, but there was a long history of mental illness in her um, immediate family. Um, so her older brother, John, was a patient at the Connecticut General Hospital for the Insane in um, 1902. Um, she also had, here. Uh, well, she had another sister um, who was there at well at the same um, asylum, um, which was only found out during the 1930 census but um there were eight to ten children in her household that's also unclear but as many as seven of them had mental health issues um and at least those two were institutionalized um so she had you know some predisposition to mental illness um she also to mention she's She's born in Milton, Connecticut. So this is a New England specific story. Um, Yay. um, So she married James Archer when she was 23 and they relocated five years later with their young daughter um, to Newington, Connecticut. Um, They started living with this old man um, and they sort of provided um, like elderly care to him in exchange for room and board. Um, Eventually, uh, also, um, oh yeah, so he eventually died because uh, he was old, um, and uh, John and Amy 
rented out the house from his sons who inherited the house and created Sister Amy's Nursing Home for the Elderly was the name of this establishment. Um, But eventually the property was sold by the sons and the archers moved to Windsor, Connecticut, um, where they opened the Archer Home for Elderly People and Chronic Invalids. So chronic invalid? Yeah, not really nice um terminology. I would but hate to also it's important to note that neither of them had any like medical training. They were it was it was sort of a nursing home but not really medical. What year was was this? This is um turn of the century, so like late eighteen hundreds, oh, early nineteen hundreds. Okay. Um I think it was 1901 or something that they... Gotcha. That makes sense. The lack of licensing and experience. Yeah. And-, and especially with like elderly care, it was like a really new industry. So there was no regulation. There was no standard for... People were just being able to be elderly. Yeah. For <laughs> all first time ever. <laughs> Not all on their own because they had to go to these weird houses to take get taken care of. But um, yeah, so they have this new home elderly people and chronic invalids they um so some shady stuff starts happening mm-hmm. in this house believe it or not i believe it um <laughs> so in order to gain entrance to this care facility patients would either have to sign their life insurance policies to amy <laughs> or pay a large amount of money which is like a thousand dollars up front if Remember, this is like 1901 money, so that's a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> if you were too poor to pay that $1,000 up front, then you could also pay weekly. So she had a little payment plan going on. Um, okay. But in exchange, they got residents, they got to live there, and they got her care. So, um, you know, company and uh, having someone look after them if they didn't have any family. Um and as I said before, no regulations yet. They could kind of just do whatever they want. Um, there were, I think, like now in the U.S., there's like 45,000 elderly homes um, with over 2 million residents in them. So, um, but at this time, I, I don't, there was only like one other elderly home in the state um, at the time. So, um 1909 rolls around and the home has only been running for a couple years um, when they have their first run in with the law. So um, the McClintock family sued the archers for supposed lack of care of their their elderly family member that they left with them. Um, And they ended up settling out of court for $5,000, which in today money is really roughly about $137,000. So that's a nice sum of money that they just settled and paid for in order to, you know, curb any sort of other legal action. Um, So they get through that. In 1910, James, Amy's husband, dies um, sort of suddenly. (laughs) Um, The cause uh, was kidney disease. Um, and what causes kidney disease is infection. A few things that cause it are infection, high blood pressure, and exposure to arsenic. <gasps> Can we see where this is going? <laughs> um, 
And Amy had taken out a large life insurance policy on him a week or two before he kicked the bucket, which is also very suspicious. You know, we've seen this before. She's a very lucky woman. She started the She's trend. so lucky. <laughs> Faking out that life insurance policy. How did she know? How did she know to do that right before he died? That's so, so like, what a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years pass, 1913, she gets remarried to Michael Gilligan. Um, he's healthy. He's kind of rich. He has four adult sons, and he's also a widower. Um... Four months later, in February of 1914, he also dies um, of liver dysfunction. Um, He willed his entire estate to Amy, which was $4,000, about $100,000 today. Um, But the police department saw that something was fishy. So they, um, because the will was also changed not too long before he died. um, And they claim they decided that the will was forged that the handwriting was Amy's handwriting and that she um, they didn't accuse her of killing him but they did accuse her of forging the will um, so Mm -hmm. she didn't get the money Um, now focusing back on the elderly home um, neighbors also started getting really suspicious because there were constantly people just dropping dead in there dying like yes they were old but it was at alarming rates um uh i was gonna say i feel like how do you judge that that's kind of like there's a, good a lot business of model she had going though no I yeah mean, i mean it's not sustainable <laughs> but she was making bank like and i'm there was there were some fatal flaws <laughs> because how did she think people wouldn't catch on to it but I mean, um, I there just is... got the pun. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Fatal flaw. Get my, it? My brain is on a lag right now. Dying? Anyway. Natalia, it's not funny. People died. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, apologize. I'll be posting my YouTube apology later today. Um, so, um, so, everyone noticed something was weird, but no one did anything about it. Until, um, until sixty-year-old Franklin Andrews, who was a resident at the home, um, he didn't have any family nearby, so that's why he went. He did have a lot of family, but they just didn't live close to him. Um, he was pretty healthy. He did like yard work and chores for her. He was a patient, um, but he also wrote to his family pretty often, and he told them, you know, status updates. This is what's going on in the house, like. I'm good, blah, blah, blah. Um, And he noticed the surprising amount of deaths. Um, It was sort of in passing, but he soon collapsed from a stomach ulcer while doing, I say stomach ulcer in quotes, from doing, um, while doing yard work. Um, But while his sister was looking through his things after he died, she found um, some receipts. So he... Apparently, Amy had pressured him to give her a loan of $500 again right before he died. Um, So his sister called the cops on her and was like, guys, why aren't you doing anything about this? This is really fishy. And now my brother's dead. Um, And the police didn't really do anything. But the newspaper. I know. That's so crazy. Like so out of the ordinary for them. 
Especially like 1900s police. Oh yeah, there were. Well, what it was like 1920s. They got to crack yeah. down on the on the drinking. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what's really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they um, lives. right. Yeah, <laughs> thank God for them. But uh, the cops didn't do anything. But the newspaper, the Hartford Current, started their own investigation. Um, they looked into the death certificates. Uh, they compared they compared them to the other home in the state. Um, the number of deaths were pretty similar, but the difference was that the other home had seven times the population that Amy's home had. Ooh, so the oh. math wasn't mathing. Like the, the percentage of people dying was way higher. That's awkward. Yeah, um, and the reporter also went um, through poison records at the pharmacies because at this time you could just buy arsenic mm. like buy the but you can't buy liquor just to exactly yeah yeah again prohibition we are getting there. alcohol is bad arsenic and chloroform good arsenic is good <laughs> um but they've found in the poison records that amy had been buying had multiple purchase purchases of arsenic at, for at great quantities from multiple stores um, Why wouldn't she buy with cash or something? Well, I th- what do you? <laughs> what you think they have credit cards right now? <laughs> I don't know, like how they get her name. Like, well, they keep it- records of like oh, bu- people buying things like ledgers. I would assume. Oh, right? I see what you mean. Also, stores- like the pharmacist was is probably like, girl, yeah. Girl. And I feel, especially too with much arsenic, give a fake name, give even though like it was a fake the- ID, be better, God. <laughs> Even if it was a disguise, a fake mustache. Yeah. How did you know? (laughs) No, she totally would have gotten away with it if she fake mustaches have been invented back then. (laughs) If only. Darn it. Um. But yeah, so she was confronted about that, and she said, "Oh yeah, I just have a rat problem. Uh, That's what all that arsenic's about. So don't worry about it." Um. It took the police another few years to actually engage with the case and do their own reporting. Um, but the the newspaper actually did a lot to further this case because they were the only ones actually doing any work for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So some stats. There were 60 deaths between 1907 and 1917. Um, and... The police actually sent in an undercover agent into the home to like pose as a patient. Oh. Um, which led to her arrest um, in um, in 1916. So trial began the next year. Uh, only lasted four weeks. Um, they exhumed a bunch of the bodies, tested them, and surely enough, there was arsenic in their bloodstreams. Um in more than two dozen of her former residents. Um, it only took four hours for the jury to convict her. Um, and she was sentenced to death by hanging. Um, she appealed to the conviction, but um, during the second trial, uh, she pleaded guilty so that she could get a reduced charge, um, which was just life in prison. Um, but she was eventually deemed insane so she was put in um a mental hospital where she died in 1962 at the age of 89 Ugh. she lived a long long life um that's annoying yeah 
So that's the story of Amy Archer Gilligan, the arsenic poison uh, killer of elderly people. Is um, that what her nickname was? Um, they called her in the newspaper. That's just something. Said? Yeah, that's just something. A serial killer name? Or was that the exact well, they called, serial killer name? They called the house or the um, home, the elderly home, a murder factory. Oh, which is like kind of cool. Well, that's fun. Well, yeah. as long as something's got a snappy name, then yeah. it's, oh, also, it's right. I, I'm not really a movie person, but you two are. It inspired the movie Arsenic and Old Lace. I've never heard of that. Me neither. Arsenic and who's in it? Damn, <laughs> she didn't even get a good movie. I know that stinks. Who even played her? Produced Charlie's there. Produced by Frank mm. Capra in 1944 that's 1944 yeah okay he's a pretty prominent guy because i know because i've heard him in class his name in class never seen that movie though here let's see who played her hmm. oh there's a remake of it oh wait no this is the old one um starring priscilla lane and Cary grant Cary grant that's not yeah so did they win an Oscar? Uh, no. Then I guess my serial killer is better than yours. You're, wait. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. If that's how we're gauging it, then sure. Yeah. But how many people did she kill? Um, around sixty. Ooh. Um, I don't think that includes her two former husbands, who she definitely also <laughs> killed. She killed them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But it could have been more. She never confessed to more, but um, if she was so productive at it, then... Yeah, because how long was she, like, out there for? Um, Well, the killings of the elderly people happened over 10 years, but... Only 60 in 10 years? 60 in 10 years, yeah. That's kind of a lot. How many people did, like, the elderly home hold, do you know? I don't. I don't think it was a lot. I though. imagine they just drop like flies because it wasn't like a I facility. Know. To be honest, like when I think well, of elderly homes, it's like it's like on rotation. Like, <laughs> and I know that sounds really bad, but but also you have to keep in mind they weren't really elderly. Like that last um, guy was only sixty when he okay. Was. But so, yeah, but like back yeah. then people died earlier. I feel like yeah. it's old, like rich people who send their like single loved ones like when they don't want to. Exactly. That's pretty. It wasn't an elderly home how we see it. Today. It, it was like fifty and up community yeah. living. It was just older people who living didn't have family yeah. around them to live with. So, okay. Um, well, that makes more sense. It was now, also a small. It wasn't like a facility. It was. A, it was a house. It was a small house. So, um, hmm. not much space. I don't know how many beds there were, but Ooh, so it was just her running the house. Yeah. After she killed her husbands. Yes. Oh wow! Do That's they think a lot. that her husbands helped with it at all, or um, that first husband definitely did? Yeah, I think the first husband at least helped her get started. Um, but I'm not sure; it's unclear. Hmm. Yeah. So um, we have about eight minutes left in our little show so if anyone would like to call in give their opinions or just say whatever they like that is related to what we just spoke about um the number is 
617-824-8852. I'll say that one more time. 617-824-8852. So feel free. Uh, friends and family, too. <laughs> yeah, tell us about any other female serial killers, woman serial killers. I mean, yeah. Guys, guys, calm down. It's, guys, don't all calm. call at once. Oh, my gosh, the line is blowing up right now. <laughs> Can you hear it? We can't even choose one call to pick up. It's so crazy. <laughs> There's just so many options. The mayor, oh, my God, Mayor Wu is calling. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um, Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Hillary. Oh God. Um, well, I have one more killer if no one feels like calling us. Sure, yeah. I can explain. Um, Natalia, this was the killer I explained to you during class a while ago, and that one classmate of ours was looking at me like I was crazy. Oh, yeah. Because sure. I talk really loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's related to it. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, the last one is Jane Topin, also known as Jolly Jane. She was around like early 1900s and she was also an angel of death, meaning that she was a nurse who, um, killed her patients. She had a really hard like upbringing. Um, she like, her family was like put in an asylum and stuff like her dad, her sister, I think her as well. Um, her teachers in nursing school report that she had a weird obsession with the autopsy reports for some reason. Oh. Um, they couldn't figure out why. Um, she was called Jolly Jane because everyone loved her so much. She was so sweet and caring. Oh, she lit up a room. She really did mm. light up a room. Um, so her co-workers loved her. The patients loved her. The patients all requested to be seen by her and all this stuff. Um, and so people loved her so much that they didn't notice when a lot, a lot of her patients started to die. Um, almost all of them, honestly. Um, she worked at Mass General Hospital. Um, she she got fired. There's different um, news things said different reasons she got fired. One that I read said she was tampering with medical records. I went on like a ghost tour that said it was because she was licking one of her patients and got caught. Um, either way, she was fired from Mass General and was not to be practicing as like a nurse at a hospital anymore. Um, but it was considered incompetence instead of like malice. So she was able to open her own private practice. Oh. Um, uh. She then like had issues with her landlords or something and they both mysteriously died. Um, she fell in love with someone else. And this is according to like a random news source, but apparently she like fell in love with the landlord's son or something like that. And he rejected her um, no matter how many people she killed for him. She tried to poison him so that she could take care of him, nurse him back to health. That didn't work either. So then she tried to poison herself to kill herself, but it didn't work. Um, or she probably didn't actually kill herself. She was probably just being manipulative and being like, I'm going to kill myself. And he's like, okay, do it then. Um, but Ooh. she's alive. Oh. You know when your boyfriend does that? <laughs> um, Not personally, but <laughs> that was a joke. Nobody hate on Titus. Um, so... <laughs> Disclaimer, Titus did not do that. Um, so uh, she later got caught because she was the at-home nurse for a whole family, and the whole family died. And they were like, that's oh, weird, oh. including the children. Uh, um, so ooh. it wasn't just sick people. Um, so that's when they ended up arresting her, and she admitted to at least 30 murders. But historians went back and looked at the records and found that she killed at least 100 
Whoa. Um, and this is pretty productive. Yeah. yeah. And she was in Boston with her private practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was between the private practice and the actual hospital. Um, so she spent the rest of her life in an insane asylum because she was, instead of actually being like sentenced to prison or something, she was just considered insane. And apparently she would taunt the nurse or nurses and be like, get me some poison. I mean, you can have a good time, you uh, know, and try to convince them to like kill the other patients with her. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. She really thought she was going to make some friends that way. Mm-hmm. Well, you live Yikes. and you learn. But it's true. And wow. Not her because she did die in the insane asylum. But when did she die? I honestly do not know. And I did not write it down. That's okay. I mean, this is a kind of a contemporary story, so it couldn't have been that long ago. Yeah, there's a lot of different things saying different things that happened, but all of them had, like, the same baseline, killed at least 100 people, insane yeah. asylum. Right. Private practice, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Wow. What a creep. <laughs> Licking patients. Ew. Ew. I wouldn't lick anyone. It was right. Yeah, I wouldn't even lick myself. Like, lick my hand? Absolutely oh. not. I guess I would like someone, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> on that note, it was really <laughs> not my patient. No need to elaborate on that. Um, yeah, so those were our stories. Um, Thanks to all our callers. Sorry yes. we couldn't get around to all of you. We're super popular, super busy, so sometimes we just mm. like can't take the mass amount of calls that we get. But um, try calling next week and maybe we'll fit you in. Maybe. Depends. No guarantees. Um, but have